I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. I am Harshit Kukreja. Today with me, I have Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you? Hey, Harshit. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me today on the podcast. Yeah. So this podcast started from a discussion we had last week about reviews, ratings, and there's a new government intervention. So, Carl, before we start, can you tell the listeners about our PGP program? Oh, yes. Yeah. The PGP program, as some of you might already know, the postgraduate program in public policy, and it's a 48-week multidisciplinary specialized program. And this is ideally for those who wish to gain a very deep understanding of public policy. So if you're interested, if you're a working professional, this is probably the ideal opportunity. So head on over to our website and yeah, check it out. So this discussion started after we read something. We read a report which said that somewhere around if there's a difference of one star, for instance, my business, I start a business and my business gets a four star average rating instead of three star average rating. I'll have somewhere around 20-25% of increase in sales for that product. So obviously this ball mark picker, estimations, blah, blah, blah. But this started a discussion on how ratings and reviews fill that information asymmetry when you're buying online because you are not at the store. Usually there is no, you don't have specific information about a particular product about that exact particular product or particular model. Maybe you have some brand recognition if it is a big brand which you have been using or you have seen a lot of advertisement or you have seen your reference network, your kins and your family and friends using it. Then Mm. there may be something, but reviews form an important part of to fill that information asymmetry, which is there. Because you need to fill that gap if you want to buy things online and also as a function of economy. We want this information asymmetry to be filled so that there's more exchange of goods and services online also. Correct. And I think what kick-started this conversation, uh, folks, was basically a consumer affairs ministry press release, right, that they had put out where they wanted to launch new standards that aim to curb uh, these, you know, fake reviews as Harshit was pointing out. So I think, yeah, we'll just maybe talk about some of the consequences of this. What are the implications and does this hurt consumers? Does it protect consumer interests? So I think those are some interesting threads that we can explore. Yeah, so the sort of the press release was very interesting. And then we went out and <laughs> read the whole sort of the, they call it framework for safeguarding and protecting consumer interest from fake and receptive reviews in e-commerce. So wow, that's a mouthful. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, but I don't think the in- it uh, first of all, I don't think it is that big a problem because if you look at the large e-commerce websites, if you look at, for instance, Amazon. So Amazon, if you look at, if there's an option in which you only get to review if you are a verified purchaser, 
So if you have bought that product, then you get an email or after you get that product and there's some window. After that, you can write a review. So that generally curbs a lot of fake reviews because now the seller has to sell that product uh, and get that review done. Obviously, there will be the seller would be sending that product to different addresses and to get maybe his friends or maybe his family to get some of those reviews. But if it is a, a little well-known product, this is a little difficult to game. This may be... So I think, yeah. Please go ahead. So I think even uh, when you talk about the verified purchases, which I think is a fairly foolproof system to curb fake reviews, because fake review here is also applies to anonymous reviews, right? So you want a human a sort of intervention in some of these reviews. But even with verified purchases, Harshad, I think the government, at least what they want to crack down is on fake reviews that may also be verified purchases, right? So for instance, somebody might buy a product, right? It could be a competitor, who might then go on and post something misleading about their rival's product, right? So, so the government's, I think, effort or intervention is too broad here. And that's what I really wanted to critique, right? That the definition of fake review is not very clear. So even if it's a verified purchase, it can still be a fake review according to the government standards, yes. right? If you get what I'm saying. Technically, that is not a what we consider a fake review. It is a deceptive, maybe it's a false review. It's not fake. Yeah, it is fake. No, but so that's that's exactly what we're, you know, grappling with, right? Is as far as at least in what the government has put out. Because even a verified purchase can be subject to, you know, manipulation, for instance, right? So it could be gamed even by the e-seller, for instance. Because I think we should focus on digital commerce or e-commerce platforms, which, you know, gain the most from negative or positive reviews so i think that's so the problem here is too broad the definition of it is too broad and i think it'll be good to understand first maybe why the government wants to intervene in the first place right so as i said like for digital commerce this is the biggest hit and miss opportunity so the reason why the government may want to bring in some standards is maybe because they know that sellers by themselves are not going to you know take down you know a review that's like really good about their product, but which could be misleading. And um, and they're always showing off some of the best reviews, right? Yeah, Carl, but the platform, it's in the interest of the platform to take down misleading reviews. Because, for instance, I go to any platform and I know the reviews here are somewhat reliable. So I'm more likely to buy from that platform instead of going to any other platform in which the reviews are, the reviews are not reliable. So it is in the platform's the platform's best interest to keep the reviews as genuine as possible. The I agree with you that reliable reviews only attract you know more customers to your product, and I think this is largely applicable for you know the big e-sellers, right? So the Amazon and the Flipkarts, they have much to lose from. I mean, they have much credibility to lose. Let's say customers find out misleading information about their product. But I think this is again looking at some of the less established, smaller players who might be selling products that have some safety hazard, you know, associated with them. So I think that's where you can, you know, see see the problems, right? At least from what the government is trying to do, because you can have like very good unscrupulous you know, sort of sellers, they'll want to manipulate these reviews, right? I mean, for their interest. So they, of course, there are sellers who want to 
have reliable information on their website etc but yeah there's no dearth of like you know people who also want to fleece customers for instance and even if this is the stated intention of the government there are still plenty of problems with this right so i think it's important to also first mention here that the compliance at this point of time is voluntary so as you said it's the e sellers or the the digital commerce platforms that can voluntarily do this right and it's not going to be mandated as yet but the problem here is that once it could be mandated later it's going to come as a part of the unfair trade practices that is yeah, part I, of the bureau of indian standards uh, it said maybe maybe they'll mandate it later so we don't know for sure maybe this is a trial run maybe this is some sort of a they are just trying to test how this will work out but i yeah. think this is very poorly designed because they have first of all they have not defined exactly what a fake or deceptive yeah. review is so if you're not defining what it is how do you like remove it second of all i don't think it is a problem which requires government intervention mm. uh, the big the marketplace who wants to stay will automatically take care of this and for instance there's a small market player and if you order from there and you see that the product does not match whatever reviews were written or does not match the description so the next time we'll yeah. try not to order you'll avoid that platform and if this mm. another platform b so you will go to that platform which has like good reliable reviews so mm. this is basic market forces at work i don't think there was a need for this maybe something could have been better for instance if you look at social media platforms such as instagram so a lot of mm. social media influencers they take money or in kind or goods or services but whatever they take it and they give out a positive review for your product so i don't know if it is regulation or not but nowadays uh, i see a lot of uh, these whatever clippings or whatever re- re- uh, reviews they put up it says that this is a paid advertisement so maybe this yeah. is public pressure or maybe there are some changes in rules and regulation from the platform so i don't think government intervention is the necessary do you think uh, what do you think what are your thoughts on this no i actually agree with you completely here, right because if the guidelines are not categorically stating what a fake review is then i don't see why organizations would want to put in that effort you know to sort of curb this menace as well so let's give the benefit of doubt to the government right that there are fake reviews at play so while we don't yet agree that the government should intervene in such cases but how do you still go about tackling it and i think that's where you know the press release or the the content of the press release you know this comes as a cropper because apart from the title of the press release it doesn't really mention the words fake or deceptive anywhere else right in the rest of the document so that is certainly problematic and they've actually described actually the set of non exhaustive criteria right here and that includes you know a fake review can be constituted as something that's impersonal consumer experience undisclosed conflicts of interest factually incorrect information defamatory language so you can see how any even inclusion of marketing material is considered as a fake review and this is probably covered in the instagram influencer case study that you mentioned about right because that is marketing material that brands put out so with such non exhaustive criteria which frankly makes you know doesn't make a lot of sense 
it is very difficult to actually understand what a fake review is, right? And let me give another instance, like where a review can be construed as fake, right? According to these standards is if you're being paid to write it or if you're being paid to promote a brand. Now, according to the current guidelines of this stated policy, it is a fake review because you need to define who a consumer is and who's being paid to write it. So there's plenty of problems on the definition front here, right? Yeah, so maybe maybe the platforms would be in a better position to come up with guidelines and they would say, so you will have to tell, is it a paid review? Is it a paid advertisement? So that the consumer knows and takes whatever a person is saying with a pinch of salt. Yeah. So he'll know that he'll have to do his due diligence before buying this product. Hmm. So yeah, uh, exactly, right? Carl, yeah. I'd like to stop you here and we'll come back after a quick break. Sure, let's do that. Welcome back, listeners, to our episode of All Things Policy. So I'm in conversation with Carl. We were talking about how government has came up with certain voluntary rules and regulations for uh, a framework for curbing fake reviews. So yeah. summarizing our earlier conversation, there is no proper definitions of what are fake reviews, who the scope of this regulation is too broad. They have not defined it properly. And the third point is we don't think government intervention was necessary. Yeah. So, Carl, so I'll give you a very interesting example. So, mm. there's a very famous historian called Manu S. Pillai. So, on Twitter, I think late uh, December, he posted a tweet by uh, Udemy's CEO. So, Udemy's CEO, interestingly, Manu S. Pillai, somewhere in the second or third week of December, he posted a tweet in which a EdTech brand used his photograph for a sort of a review, yeah. you can call that paid advertisement and made him a senior front dev engineer and <laughs> obviously another name. So that was definitely a fake thing. But yeah, so if you are using, so first you have to differentiate between what is a, an advertisement and what is a review. But I think that all these platforms, they are doing it and they're doing it well. There's no need for government intervention and government rules and regulations. Maybe a government push for uh, a voluntary sort of move by uh, all these platforms to come up with mm. some sort of framework to like uh, they decide among themselves how they can better regulate it. Yeah. So I think, you know, my takeaway from having you know gone through this report is that all of this is a farce. And the reason being, when something has not been defined or is too broad in scope, the messaging is very clear from the government that it is more likely to be a threat of government action rather than an actual execution of that, you know, stated policy, right? So maybe it is a way for the government to subtly, you know, arm twist, you know, some of the big, you know, e-sellers, for instance. And maybe to get them to sort of comply, like, you know, without having to mandate this standard. So according to me, it is ineffective for a reason, because it is only to put out a subtle sort of veiled sort of threat uh, that if in case you don't comply, then yeah, we'll come and, you know, make this compulsory. 
and what is actually staggering harshit uh, here is that this is applicable to any organization right and since we are talking about the e-commerce uh, the standards per se you know in fact has a very broad definition of what those organizations are so it could be even be any tech platform that's you know uh, doing online courses and post reviews or testimonials of their customers that is can be construed as a fake review right so it applies to even like you know any seller of product or even a service right that collects reviews from their customers so it's yeah supposed to be applicable to any reviews which is what makes it like quite problematic and frankly and i think this is the the good bit and uh, the good bit is that it is very ineffective right but th- there are policy challenges of it right and which maybe i i can maybe spend a few minutes talking about it is really to do with how do you identify the veracity of some of these reviews right because in many cases and i think even in our own personal experiences we usually order from these e-commerce platforms but we may not be the end user right the end user might be let's say someone else in our family and then the review is written by maybe a third person right who who's not even the user of the product so understanding the veracity or the genuineness of some of these consumers is not going to be a very easy task and i frankly have no idea how the government is going to do this so this is like this is certainly a big problem and when i was telling you about that verified purchases no and how how that you know whole system can also be gamed and this is something where the company systems for instance can actually suppress uh, all reviews apart from verified purchases right now they could be actually reviews that are not verified purchases that may be true but it could be completely gamed by the you know company for instance to not show those reviews So yeah. yeah, there are plenty of those problems as well, right? Yeah, so I don't think this was a very well thought out guideline, and maybe maybe it could be better designed. I don't know how. I really don't know if government intervention was necessary at this stage. Hmm. I think the consumer was very well informed, and because I don't think e-commerce still forms a lot of retail sales in India. I think it's still in single digits, and that mm-hmm. consumer, the consumer who's buying online, is well informed about how to navigate this space. Obviously, a lot of times, even I have ordered something that doesn't match the reviews, but uh, I've ordered it from bigger platform so that I can return it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think there was a need for. Yeah, you know another interesting. sort of clause that they put into this which is the clause of problematic language right and they say wow. that problematic language yeah are grounds for removal of that review so what that means is you know let's say there's a certain use of words which i mean could be bordering on abuse or could be ordering on like no like you know you know whatever that may be can also be taken down and actually some policy organizations have flagged this saying that it could be a way to suppress you know negative reviews right so you could genuinely a customer might be genuinely posting a review about a product that he or she may not have liked and that can be taken down like you know according to this clause where problematic language has been used so yeah i mean it's it's a cesspool of <laughs> nonsensical sort of clauses that i don't think anybody should be put through the trauma of having to read through this all over again but maybe we can link a few sort of articles that people can quickly just sort of read up on 
And then one last thing I wanted to mention before we sort of wrap up is that there's no time frame even for, you know, by when the okay. company should take down these reviews, right? So they don't stipulate any time frame. And in fact, they've vaguely sort of put it as that it needs to be timely. Like whatever action that platforms need to take should be timely. And yeah, it's open to anyone's guess what that means. So, so yeah, this is certainly a policy WTF as Pranay's newsletter, you know, sort of phrases. Yeah, I think this is... Maybe they'll come up with a better draft in the future, but I don't think there was a need. And even if they came out with this, this was not a very good example of a... Yeah, not a good policy. So Yeah, so I think basically the government shouldn't review online reviews. <laughs> nice, nice play of words. Yeah, nice play of words. So thank you listeners for joining in. Thank you, Carl. And that's a wrap. Hey, thanks. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll yeah, be sure to link a few articles based on this content in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Arshay. Thanks for having me. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle, at takshashila.inst or our website takshashila.org.in